Have you ever felt like you just weren't being heard no matter what you did? Or have you felt like you needed permission to be able to speak up and share your perspective? Well, my guest today helps people unlock and unleash their authentic voices. His name is Schroeder Nordholt, and he's a voice coach as well as a composer. He went through his own journey of feeling like he didn't have permission to speak up, but he did love to sing. And it was through his love of singing that he discovered his own voice. And today he helps others discover theirs. He also works with corporate brands and media brands to help them develop music and jingles to effectively communicate what their brand's all about. So if you've ever felt like you're frustrated and you're not being heard, and then I encourage you to go to my website, terrybmcdougall.com, and check it out. If you've listened to Marketing Mambo for any amount of time, you know that I was somebody who worked in the corporate world for 30 years doing marketing and about five years ago made a transition to become an executive and career coach. And I work with people today to help them not only be successful at work, but also to be satisfied because everybody deserves that. And I just see that way too many people are paying way too high of a price for their success at work without having enough time to really enjoy it. And you can also check out my book, which is Winning the Game of Work. It's available on Amazon and any other place where fine books are sold. So now without further ado, let the Mambo begin. Welcome to Marketing Mambo with your host, Terry McDougall. It's the fun and fast podcast where we cha-cha-chat with marketing movers and shakers from around the globe. Hey, everybody, it's Terry McDougall with another episode of Marketing Mambo. And I am very honored today to have Schroeder Nordholt, or as he said, just Schroeder. He is a voice coach and composer, and he's here to talk to us about why voice and music are such important parts of building a strong brand. So Schroeder hails from a small town about halfway between Montreal and Toronto in Canada. So Schroeder, welcome to Marketing Mambo. How are you today? Thank you so much. Pleasure to be here. And I'm just fine. I'm just really, really well. How are you, Terry? I'm doing great. And I'm so happy because we had a little bit of technical difficulties when we tried to do our first recording of this. So it's great that we were able to reconvene and share all this interesting information that you have about why voice is so important in developing a strong brand. So if you don't mind, give us a little background on you and how you came to do what you do today. Sure, I'd love to. And I would preface this by this is not about me. In, in order to illustrate for your listeners how my story can help them and to help them understand why it's important, what it is that I do to help them and their listeners okay. and their community and their audiences. When I was young, I had major voice issues where there was a psychological deficiency where I didn't feel worthy. I didn't feel like I was allowed even. I didn't have the permission, my own permission to speak up. So that was a deep psychological thing. 
how that affected my voice was my voice would be very limited in its use. And what I loved to do was to sing. And I've always had a very deep connection to the human voice. And so when I went to sing, I would actually ruin my voice where I couldn't even talk. So all these issues going on, limiting my ability to communicate with others People didn't listen to what it had to say. So I just felt in a very small place. And the feeling of not being heard or not being allowed to even speak up, all these things led me on a path of figuring it out. How do you use the human voice? I love great singers. I would love to even be able to sing decently. And why is it that I'm ruining my voice? Oh, and I was happy when I could sing. Like I was happy when I could sing. It was a very point blank, black and white thing. I'm happy when I sing. I'm depressed when I can't. So for me, and I know not everybody listening is aspiring to sing. That's not the point. It's more this deep understanding that in my journey of learning about how does this thing work that we're all walking around with this voice that could be used a lot better. Because if you listen to any great singer, they don't have anything we don't have. They've just been trained. We all have the same parts. And, and so I went into it with that basic understanding. I've got to be able to figure this out. You can train for this stuff. So I did. I sought out the finest voice coaches that I could find. I learned all the techniques. But in that journey, I realized a lot of very important, deep things. So what I would love to share with people is that the voice, and aside from, yes, being able to use my voice in a more expressive way, and yes, I can sing now, I'm very, very happy to be able to sing. But what I'd love people to understand is that your voice is, first of all, it's your deepest connection to yourself and your self-worth. And when that is limited and restricted, you're limiting and restricting yourself from experiencing yourself. And then the world doesn't get to experience you. Mm -hmm. So I think what we're really talking about here is expression. And it's very natural. I mean, how do people get to know you unless they can hear you? And humans are very social animals. And we all crave from infancy to be seen to be heard, to be validated. And in fact, in infancy, the ability to be heard is what enables us to survive. As babies, we have no other way of communicating but to vocalize, to say, I'm hungry, mom, come feed me. First of all, I think it's so wonderful that you recognized what you needed in order to feel alive, to be able to sing, and that you pursued something that made you feel authentic and alive. I find that very often with people that I work with from an executive and career coaching standpoint that they've got everything that they need to be successful, but often are really looking outside of themselves for that validation to feel confident enough to go out. So it's not uncommon to have things from our early childhood that can follow us in our lives and can actually create obstacles to us living our lives fully. So I I think it's, go ahead. Let me, yeah, let me jump in there. I have yet to speak with anybody who doesn't have a story that is similar. And that that's why I prefaced that whole thing that I that was speaking on. It's not about me. This is me connecting my journey and realizing everybody has a similar story. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like everybody is like, oh yeah. Like as soon as I say one little thing about this topic, people connect to that of like, oh yeah. Like I was told to not talk or like mm-hmm. children should be seen, not heard. That's yes. very common. And it's so damaging. 
at the time, the adults didn't realize the damage they were, they couldn't have known. And so no blame there, mm-hmm. no blame to them. But the deep psychological impact of that is just so far reaching. And so anyways, that's part of my mission is to unlock and retrain that part of people's brains. It's okay to speak up. And not only is it okay, the world needs you to speak up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It very much does. And I think that in the past, stuff gets passed down generation by generation. And oh. if we really trace back some of the dysfunctional things that we've been taught in our families, and sometimes we don't even recognize it, we just recognize something doesn't feel right. And we don't think about where did this come from. But if mm. you go back, a lot of times there was trauma at some point in our ancestry that somebody grew up during a time of famine, or they were fleeing war, or they grew up in an abusive household. And so a lot of times the focus is just really on survival, right? right? And so that sometimes might be like, I'm talking about like during World War II, if the Germans are coming in to clear a home, of course, it makes sense for your child to be quiet. If we look back in that circumstance, that makes sense. But I think what can happen is that the ways of coping can follow people even when they're in a safer environment where there's no need to be so strict about those ways of coping with the situation. So anyway, I mean, I'm kind of like getting deep into some of the coaching stuff that I do, but I guess the connection point would be that I see it. I see it a lot. And I think that we're coming at this from two different angles in terms of wanting to help liberate people so that they can really lean in to why they're here on earth. <laughs> right. And well, I, yeah. yeah, I feel like we're at this point in history, like we're only now coming to a point where it's not survival in a way, if you look mm-hmm. back even at 50 years or 20 years, even mm-hmm. we're sort of just only now coming. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Like um, historically it, it has been survival just yeah basic survival like the human mm-hmm. species is just kind of now coming to this point of like hey look at we're kind of comfortable and what does that now mean for the next leap in consciousness hey we don't have to struggle as much and and then why is it we're here like you know what is we're yeah you know? the actualization right why am i here on Mm. earth? What's Mm. my mission? And a lot of times people will get caught up in comparing themselves to other people. And maybe this happened to you. Certainly, I got caught up in that bad habit years ago. And sometimes it would cause me to stutter, misspeak, be quiet when I had ideas to share, etc. So tell me more about what it typically looks like when somebody comes to you and, and wants to work with you. So it's pretty interesting because the the people like so far, so (laughs) actually everything we've spoken about so far gets uncovered after while we're in the middle of working together. So it's rare that somebody comes to me and says, I was told to be quiet as a child. Can you help me? It's more that stuff has surfaced in the process, which is very powerful. I set out to help people unleash their voice, unlock their voice. So much the same way that I had to learn how to do over 25, 30 years. That's why yourself and myself, people who have journeyed a long way to become an expert in something, it's like, here, let me condense this for you so you don't have to take 30 years, right? That's what you call a mentor. And they come to me so that they can become more expressive, more powerful, more persuasive, have more influence and have more impact when they use their voice. That's why people come to me. They're on stages. 
but they're maybe afraid they haven't had to do that before, or they have, but they need to be better. And what it looks like, what was the question though? What does it look like when people typically come to you to work with you? Yeah. So that's where they're coming from. And and that's what it looks like of, of like, and me saying, yeah, those are all issues that I've had and have had to overcome and can't help you with. It sounds like speakers. Do you work yeah. with singers as well? I do. And what's interesting is that's what I thought I was doing. And with the COVID pivot, so COVID wiped out my previous whole business, which was in-person singing, coaching, and piano. I I taught piano for like the whole time as well to children, mostly. And COVID came along. And so like with the pivot onto online, I thought it was going to be singing lessons, like come learn how to sing better. And no, it was all speakers that wanted to learn all these presentation skills to present better. But I do still work with singers and I do use singing in my method that is called Mic Drop to help people to speak better. I do get people to sing a bit because I know that if you, even a little bit, even a little bit, start to do a bit of singing. There's so much benefit that comes for your speaking voice when you do some singing. It just is a thing. The voice is more of an an elastic. Elastic band. And so singing is going to help you. It's not about any of the singing I do in my method isn't about the singing. It's about stretching that elastic band so that when you speak, you have a better range. Yeah. Uh, really, really more options with your voice. It's interesting because sometimes you hear people who speak in a very narrow range, very monotone. Right. And with a lot of singers, they're going everything from falsetto to whispering and everything in between full voice and all different kinds of sounds coming out of the voice. And I've been in enough speaker training courses that I've heard the advice of like, okay, use silence, whisper, be loud, just use your voice across a, a broad range because it gets people's attention and it holds their attention. Whereas I think we've all been in those monotone lectures, maybe in college or whatever, where you're like, okay, that droning is just making me want to go to sleep. There's just not enough to stimulate the brain. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I have a saying recently that if life is a stage, then let's bring the stage to life. Mm. So I have a bit of a theater background. A couple of years ago, I had the absolute mind-blowing honor to sit with the conductor on three Broadway shows and not help conduct, but basically learn right there with the conductors and see how that all comes together and how they make these huge productions work. And I've had a lot of experience with musical theater ensembles, training their actors to project their voice to hit the back of the room. Like that was a, a part of my career as well, which I missed that. Point being, it's no accident Okay, why stage actors are often amazing singers. So when you think about Broadway actors, specifically, Mm -hmm. that's why I brought up the Broadway. These actors, all of a sudden, they bust into this mind-melting song that just will melt your heart and rip your heart out and just like have you just like emotionally invested in this character. And then they go back to acting. Guess what? It's the same voice. It's the same voice. They don't switch to a different kind of thing. They're using it differently. But it's the same voice. And so I clued into this at a certain point. I don't know when the light bulb went off and I'm like, oh my goodness, if I can help people realize that and help them to use both, it's like, I don't know if I'm speaking or singing. I don't know anymore. I don't know. Which one am I doing? It could be (laughs) either. Like it really could be either. 
Yeah, pretty fun. It's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just so interesting to think of. And you think about certain actors like James Earl Jones. I think that he did some Broadway, but so known for his voice. And I think we take that for granted so often. And what I'm taking from this is that those of us who are not Broadway actors or singers oh. are probably not using this resource that we have to its fullest capacity. There's a lot that we can do to influence people, to create trust, to connect, to express, to maybe build stronger, more trusting relationships by learning how to use this instrument that we have. I love that. You are hitting the nail on the head. Like that is, I love that you got that, Terry. I mean, and you know what, like to get a little personal, like when you talk about relationships, I will share, I hope that's okay. But with your audience, like One of the light bulbs for me that went off was in a personal relationship, well, too, with my kids, where we were estranged for a couple of years in their older teen years. And when I started to really focus on this work that I do, our relationship started to change. Is that a coincidence? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Literally, that cannot be a coincidence. I just see that connection. I go like, well, that in that same time frame, those two things were happening mm-hmm. and, and we're now in, on really good terms. Like, it's just anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's really something about the energy flow. Mm -hmm. And when there's estrangement, I think that we're cutting off the flow of energy between people. Usually people have their reasons, whether they're well-founded or not. Mm -hmm. They have their reasons. They believe they need to protect themselves from feeling hurt or whatever. But it's interesting that you made that connection because I'm just going to guess. I mean, you and I have only talked (laughs) a couple times before, but that when there is a flow of energy, there's a possibility of reconnecting on that energetic level. And maybe you were just resonating higher and, and your kids connected into that. And my sense is that they probably wanted to be connected with you, but there was like some fear or whatever. Who knows? I'm just speaking as a former teenager and <laughs> somebody who has had difficult yeah. relationships in my family that there's always right. reasons why you do it, whether it's well-founded, who knows, but when one thing changes, a lot of times it just changes the pattern so sure. that you show up differently or you see things differently, which is so interesting. Yeah, I would agree with that, that in doing the voice, and I call it voice play, not voice work, but you know what you might think of voice work, like the work I was doing on my voice, which is play, put me at a higher vibrational level. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. And so they could match that or they, they wanted. Mm-hmm. Was that, they were yeah, attracted was, to that. Yeah, attracted, mm-hmm. totally. Well, well said. And then and I'm, I'm convinced the sound of my voice became just all the things smoother, softer, more attractive, more mm-hmm. able for them to like uh, sink into and be like, oh, I feel safe, you know? And, yeah, and it's so interesting how often our voice will express things that maybe we're not even aware of. And I have three kids and. Mm-hmm. I've sometimes had issues with some of them. We're all on good terms now. They're like almost all grown up. But with one of my children, we had a lot of conflict when he was in middle school. And I don't feel like I ever yelled at him. But Mm. I think that the frustration that I felt came out in my voice. And a lot of times he would say, Mom, you're always yelling at me. I don't Mm. think I raised my voice, but there was a tone in the voice that conveyed my frustration, which Mm -hmm. caused him to want to move away. And I loved what you were saying earlier about the tone of your voice and how that was probably attracting your kids. Mm. And you were kind of working this out, there's probably more flow and, and so forth. But 
leading this back around to marketing, and I talked about James Earl Jones, but there's plenty of great voice actors and singers and so forth that we love their voices, right? right? Because there is such like a high resonance of I don't know what. I mean, I think it's just something on a really basic human level that we're attracted to. So let's talk a little bit about the importance of voice in brand or sound, just sound in general in brand. But what have you seen and what are your thoughts on that? Well, sure. I would start with that very thing and go from there. The human voice has the power to either attract or repel. So to really just right away acknowledge that we're either attracting or repelling, and it could be we might be aware or not aware of that, but it's good to get aware if you're not. <laughs> so mm-hmm. starting, there, starting there. So same thing. If you think about why we all love different singers, but so if you think about any singer that let's say that you like, what is it about that singer that you like? Mm-hmm. And then take that, I guess, take it one step over. So you hear a jingle and there's a singer. So there's a human connection. So that may be either attracting or repelling. Mm-hmm. And the marketer hopes that it is, of course, attracting. When you hear a a jingle and you connect with that brand, that's a big part of why is that voice is doing something in your brain, whether you're aware or not. It could be conscious. Oh, I love that song. Or you may not even like the song, but that voice draws you in. So there's a starting point. Let's elaborate. Yeah, well, I had somebody on the podcast last summer. His name is Ethan Decker. And he's got a PhD, he's a brand scientist, and I invited him to come on because his hypothesis, and he's done a lot of research on this, is that the strongest brand element is actually sound. And mm. I was like, wow, because we see color and logo and signage and taglines and pitch people and all of this that are sort of like more of the visual aspect of brand. And then I started thinking about that Intel inside, you know, Duracell. There's so many sounds or so many jingles. And it was really interesting talking to him. And if any, I think it was like last July, if anybody wants to go back and listen to that episode. But he tested this by starting a bunch of these different jingles. And I just immediately, like Pavlov's dogs, could complete the jingle, the tune and the words. I'm not a neuroscientist, but. I think that there's just a part of our brain that sound resonates with that it's a low conscious thought. And so from a brand standpoint, if we're hearing something and we immediately associate it with Intel inside or Duracell or Yeah, Netflix, uh, like the yeah, you know, exactly. Boom, you know. Yeah, or the HBO, right? That that yeah. like That's all it is. That's all it is, is that like funny little sound, but in the brain, you're right. And not to get biblical, but in the beginning, there was sound. So yes, on a very basic, deep, deep level, we just do, we connect with sound. It's, Mm -hmm. you can't get around it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Schroeder, so we've talked about the work that you do as a voice coach, but you're also a composer. And Mm. tell me a bit about that. Do you write jingles or help brands develop music that can resonate with their customers? Yeah, I kind of do it all. I've done jingles. I've done theme songs. One of the more recent projects I did was a theme song for a client on her TV show, theme song, Carrie White. If you're listening, the Carrie White show, wonderful song that the lyric and the melody was written and sung. 
by her niece, actually. And I came in and produced the music underneath that. A wonderful mm-hmm. project. I'll tell you what I love to do. What I love to do is work with the person and get to know them well enough to know their personality and their strengths and what their mission is. And I go right to the superhero genre because it's like in those movies, each hero tends to have some theme music. You think of Spider-Man. So I'll pull out their characteristics and their strengths and create their theme music. Love to do that. Must be done in a certain way to be marketable. It, it needs to be as well put out there on their podcast, on their TV show, or wherever they're presenting themselves uh, on video or out there in a way that is relatable and marketable. Like so that the human ear again goes like, oh, that's Carrie White mm-hmm. or whoever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's so great. Much like people hire graphic designers to develop the visual expression of their brand, it sounds like what you do is get to know your clients and help them develop the audio expression of the brand, which not everybody even thinks about that, let alone understands what sounds resonate, what sounds might communicate to people. So it's super interesting. Well, Um, yeah. And yet the paradox or the disconnect is we touched on how important sound is. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, it's true that, you know, people don't think of what would my brand sound like? Mm-hmm. And yet it's this crucial thing. <laughs> yeah. Know. Sometimes we're so surrounded by things that we're swimming in sound and we don't really stop to, I mean, like when the lawn companies come into my neighborhood and they've got the gas powered leaf blower out, that's a horrible sound that's annoying. But I think yeah. a lot of times we just don't think about, okay, what's the emotional response to different yeah. sounds? And if you're a brand leader, what sound do you want to associate with your brand that people are going to say like, oh, that's unique and pleasant, or it's inspiring people to take an action that will help them have a closer relationship with the brand. Mm-hmm. Really interesting. Well, so I want to start wrapping up. So I always ask my guests, what words of wisdom would you like to leave our listeners with? Okay, wisdom. I'm a pretty funny guy. Like we've been having a very lovely conversation and and it's just been truly, truly wonderful. I'm just thinking like me wisdom. No, I do have some wisdom. My wisdom would be your passion is the fuel and your voice is the vehicle. So it sort of has this lovely image of what kind of vehicle basically are you driving around in? Like, are you okay in your Toyota or do you want to upgrade to a Porsche? (laughs) Yeah. It's possible. It's possible to upgrade, right? And, and who doesn't want that? The wisdom is that we're all walking around with a lot of potential and let's unleash our brilliance through our voice so the world can benefit. We're yeah. not doing the world any good by playing small. I agree with that 100%. Mm-hmm. That's so great. So Schroeder, where can mm-hmm. people find you if they'd like to learn more about working with you as a voice coach or composer? The best place would be LinkedIn. They can just look me up there. Okay. Well, I'll put the link in the show notes as well. Okay. Would you like to sing us out? <laughs> I'm going to put you on. <laughs> what would you think if I sang you a tune? Would you stand up and walk out on me? Mm-mm. What? Well, I need the words though. That is the words. <laughs> I, I, was... I loved that. That was good. <sighs> Thanks. Well, we get by with a little help from my friends. Yay, we get high with a little help from my friends. Ooh, we get by with a little help from my friends. How's that? Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Terry. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Marketing Mambo. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, like, and share. I'd love to hear from you. Check out the show notes for my social media and contact information. Until next time, adios.